Okay, so hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online podcast. I am here today with Shaz Memon, um, owner of Digimax Dental and charity Wells on Wheels. Um, so how, how has this year been for you? Firstly, thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast. Um, this year for me, like for many others, has certainly been challenging, but um, I, I would say I'm a positive person and there has been a, a lot of good that's come out of it. I think for me personally, it's been a time to reset without feeling guilty. Often if I would take a holiday, I'd feel so guilty about it because uh, other people are at work, unless you do at Christmas. And I don't know, as a business owner, your mind just never stops. For, for once, it felt like we're all in the same boat. So um, I can say um, it, it was the time for me to really reset everything. It's been good. Good. That, I mean, like you said, I think there is a, a bit of a stigma associated with taking a step back from work sometimes and just taking some time out for yourself. But um, I mean, everybody was forced to do just that at, during this time, which is not a bad thing, I don't think. Yeah, it was nature's way of forcing us all to go on that much needed break. Obviously, it brought around other issues, but um, I, I'm not going to wish that away. I'm glad I got that. Yeah, for sure. Um, how how was it sort of taking a step back from from the office environment and working remotely? You know, it was a, it was a real interesting test of the personalities in the office for a start because there's obviously some people who are quite introverted. For them, it was like, oh my god, God answered my prayers. I hate people, and uh, they loved it. And then for others who just love, you know, just uh, they they bring a lot of energy to the office. For them, it was a challenge, but everyone pulled together and we really had no issues working together remotely uh, a lot of the things that we had in place allowed us to work remotely so i think the biggest challenge was that everyone suddenly woke up in lockdown and thought hmm, what can i do with my time let's go and finish our website or let's go and start a website so we actually recruited five people during that lockdown uh, just so that we could service our existing clients. So it was a, it was a funny one. It wasn't like um, we we won hun- hundreds of new clients, but it was lots of clients who who were very quiet suddenly woke up and we couldn't say to them that you're going to get less than the quality of Digimax service that you signed up for just because everyone's come back at this time. Bear with us. That's just not our narrative. So we got talent in and we got some amazing talent in because they'd been let go by their companies. And a lot of the people that we got, they've been employees for seven, eight, nine years in these companies. So in a way, I'd say it was, it was, we were quite lucky to, to find some of these people and then training them. So it was an intense lockdown. If anything, we were working harder in that lockdown than we did outside of lockdown. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're completely right. It's a, it's a time for practices to take a step back and look at, look at their websites, look at their social media, look at things like that. And it was a perfect opportunity to work it yeah rework it and um and bring in some some new stuff so yeah it doesn't surprise me that you had a lot on your plate during that time but obviously dental marketing is it's a very sort of niche um niche area to get into so how how did you find that that's why i want to know okay so we're gonna have to go back many years here (laughs) um when when i was growing up i've got two older brothers they're designers graphic designers Uh and um like I said, we're going back some time. So I'm talking, I was really tiny and computers weren't a thing. So I would see them designing the old fashioned way without a computer. So if you can imagine, they would design a leaflet using a transfer paper. So letter set it was called a bit like those, you know, kiddie tattoos you just scrape on. So 
letter by letter, they would form a sentence. So I, I was immersed in this world. So growing up, by the time I was like nine years old, I could do what they could do. Yeah. And um, they, were quite, they were quite loving. They would, in, they would let me get involved and, and do things. So design was always something that I absolutely loved. And I came up with the name Digimax, which is a, a merge of digital design, maximum effect in maths class in high school. And the D that we use today is still the same D that I drew in, in, at that time. It's just a tweak. And it's just always stayed with us. So I always knew that design and marketing was something I was going to do. So come university, I, I, I went and got a degree in e-commerce. But on the side, I was always, I started up my business, which was Digimax in the back of parents' garage in West London. So when I'd finish my lectures, I'd, I'd, be, I'd come home and I'd go in the garage and I'd be doing some freelance work. So when you, I, I always got praised for the quality of my work. And people would always then recommend me to other people. And before I knew it, I was quite busy. So when my degree ended, I was full time in my garage, just churning out design work. And I loved it. And then, and then I got a dental client, right? So you've got to remember at that time, I'm quite young. Everyone's putting me on a pedestal. Your work is great. It is getting to my head a little bit. I'm getting a bit <laughs> overconfident. And, and then I get this dental client first dental client and I was like yeah no problem just send me the text over so we designed a well I designed a leaflet I, it was I then and it was for dental implants and he just simply sent me the text dental implants 995 per implant something like that um, and this is what I want to promote and he was going on holiday at the same time he sent me the brief so he said look you come through a good recommendation just do it I trust you and we'll get reception to deliver the leaflets so I made this leaflet bright red to get people's attention yeah obviously i didn't know the blood connotations there 995 dental implant and you know is and titanium da, 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 da. and it was and then they, we printed ten thousand, and it was distributed he called me back and he had a right go at me to the point where i was if he said one more word i would have burst out in tears on the phone right it was, he really went in I, I, I was so startled by it because at first I really thought he's joking because some people would do that. Oh, what's this rubbish you created for me? I thought he was doing that. He had complaints coming in. He said, look, this, I, obviously it's an implant, but this is not what we're promoting. We're promoting that you can bite again, get your smile back. We're not um, car mechanics. And after I got off, got off the phone after that abuse, which was, you know, I think I deserved it. Um, I, I pleaded with him that, look, let me fix it for you. I'll pay for all of it. I'll correct this. Uh, can I just spend a few weeks with you in a dental practice? Because I've never got something so wrong and I have to get it right. And he, he said, you know, I really respect that. Of course you can. And he didn't take the payment offer. He's a really nice man. Uh, so I spent three weeks with him in his practice. And I, that's when I was like, okay, marketing for dental practice is nothing like marketing for any other sector. And then I slowly built up dental clients in the background until we got to a point where Digimax Dental overtook main Digimax. Amazing. Wow, what a story. <laughs> yeah, but it still makes my heart beat fast when I remember <laughs> that moment. <laughs> it's funny, I think everyone has a moment like that where it's sort of like a realisation. Um, a slap on the face, yeah. So, so it was sort of from that moment then that you, you started to take on more dental practices, more dental-based clients, um, and then that's where, where you're at today. Yes, that's right. I mean, it was, it was always a side thing. Mm. And, you know, over time, I got some lucky breaks, started doing work for BBC, James Khan from Dragon's Den in his hype, uh, hype you know, when he was really, really popular. 
lots of very good names. And then there came a point where really um, the pressure of the work got so much that I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And in 2017, so we always had Digimax and Digimax Lentor and Digimax did a lot of high profile work. I stood up in the office and, and something had happened. And I stood up in the office and I said to everyone, from this day onwards, we are stopping all non-dental work and we're going to go all in with Digimax Dental. And seven or eight faces looked at me like, oh shit, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to pay my mortgage. <laughs> so so um, it, it was, there, something happened and I just, it was that point. And I had Helena, I had my daughter by then as well. Okay. And I wasn't getting time with her. My team weren't happy because the clients were putting on the pressure. I was putting on the pressure. It was just not nice. So we went all in 2017. So Digimax Dental we founded in 2003. But really, people would have started hearing about us a lot more in the last few years. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, it is a is a niche industry. Um, how, I mean, I'd say you might agree with me. I think a lot of people nowadays know that, you know, having a good website, or maybe they don't know, is very important. They don't actually understand why. Um, so, what what is it you think that makes it? Why do dental practices need to have a good online presence, a good website um, for for their patients? If we just take it quite simply, most practices, most good practices, grow on word of mouth. Mm. Now, but if you go back 10, 15 years, word of mouth was very different. Word of mouth was I would sit with Gabby for a cup of tea, and I would tell Gabby for half an hour how great my experience was in such and such place fast forward now it might be a whatsapp or it might be oh yeah go and check out such and such we just don't have the same we don't give the same amount of time that we used to to small things anymore because we've we've just got a lot more on our plates because of the the speed at which social media gives us information google etc so let's just say i i had a great experience at a dental practice and then i went to my friend now i would say go and see dr smith right? That's as far as it goes. He's really good. You Google Dr. Smith. At that point, you're also seeing all these other dental practices in that region because Google's geotargeting is so good. They're going to present you other results. Now, if that website does not capture me, because it's got to work a lot harder now because that, that word, word of mouth referral is not as strong, you're going to lose that referral that was meant to come to you to another practice that does it better. And it, you know, in fairness, many people do not know what a good website is. So the traditional website design process would be, Gabby, do you like the look of this? Do you like this color? Um, do you like this pattern? You told me you like it in your living room, so I've done it for you. Do you like, it would just all be led by you. And then you would say, oh my God, you know, I guess it's good. Sign off, pay the invoice. Now that for us is not the right way of designing, but that's how most practice, most web designers have to work. Because they're time restrained. You can't forever work. So I, I didn't like that. And we changed the model completely. So now we've got, we don't have bronze, silver, platinum. We've got one package, one price for the very best website Digimax can deliver. And in that, we go all in to understand everything that we possibly can to work out what type of practice it is now. What type of practice does it want to turn into? We apply everything that we've learned over the years, which is our Digimax success formula. We add that to our website. So our goal is, Gabby, that every single website, when a user comes on, the maximum amount of those users need to stay on longer than five seconds. We found if they stay on longer than five seconds, they end up spending a few minutes. Few minutes in real world time now feels like 
an hour, right? Yeah. That's a lot of time, few minutes. If they've got invested that far, then they're going to contact. We make making contacts so easy on our sites yeah. by giving a, a, a wide variety of contact options, including WhatsApp. And then every single dentist ever said, once I've got the patient in front of me, then they will go ahead unless there's a real financial issue. So with this formula, this formula is missed on a lot of websites that we see. And we really dislike it when a client calls us, who's not even our client sometimes, and says, I want to spend this much. Someone, I know I need to do marketing. I'm going to spend this much on pay-per-click, this much on Google. And we say, just sorry, we cannot help you because where they're going to land on, you're going to lose them there. Um, so, I mean, I could go on about this topic, but <laughs> essentially, essentially, uh, websites are still a very huge part, an overlooked part of the whole process. But obviously, along alongside the websites, you've got the, the social media side of things as well, um, which I think a lot of people can be quite scared of um, in a way. And I think you'll agree that this last year has seen an influx of dental professionals and practices um, on, on platforms such as Instagram. Um, so do you think, I mean, I know we're talking, we were talking about the importance of, of a good website, but alongside that, is it important that practices and dental professionals also embrace uh, social media platforms? Is that also crucial to, to a successful practice? Gabby, first, I absolutely agree with you. There's so many that will be listening and have already decided social media is not for me. Mm. And I think that that lends itself to the success of why my book, Instagram for Dentists, has sold so much around the world. People are scared of embracing social media. But let's just look at social media as a whole. For a very long time, I, even, though I'm, even though I'm in marketing, I ignored Instagram. I completely in ignored Instagram because I felt... Uh, it's for young people, you know, it's just a lot of showing off until it got to a point where we couldn't ignore it anymore. And clients were saying to us, which agency would you recommend to handle my social media posts? And um, what dental practice started doing was they would start outsourcing their Instagram and social media to a company. And they'll be like, tick, I'm doing that. Everyone's doing it. So I'm doing it as well. And the sort of posts you would see would be 10 ways to brush your teeth, five yeah. ways to, you know, cut sugar. And if you look at social media, for me, that is broadcast media. That's just pushing out a message. That's not social. That's just putting a graphic on a platform, hoping for the best. These type of posts get zero engagement. So we go back to the first lockdown. I put out a very strong message and, and Dentistry Magazine actually published a great article for me where I said, everyone, please just stop posting before and afters, smile makeovers, offers, consultation stuff just calm down with all of that and focus more on yourself people want to see you what you believe in your values how you've grown what you do differently your own struggles how you're keeping fit people who followed that advice i've had four or five messages straight after lockdown because not everyone tells you how it went but these lovely people messaged me and said that's the best advice i received because i've got so many patients who want to book in with me and we haven't even spoken about teeth 99.9% .9 of patients already believe you can do the dentistry. They don't need more evidence. They don't need to see before and afters. So showcasing your personality. Now, I can't do that on a website because a website is, is still a corporate business tool. But you can do it on social media. So I think it's absolutely vital. And do not let all what you see on social media, you know, other influencers paralyze you. You don't need to be like them. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think that is a lot of the time what puts people off is they can find it quite 
daunting um particularly when you're looking at people with you know x amount of followers um and as a result of that they then think okay there's no way i can sort of catch up um if 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 you will uh, to these people who have who've already got a platform so i mean what would your advice be for for people who are perhaps starting up i mean how would you how would you start up for example let's use instagram um as as the platform if if i was a, a practice and I, I hadn't had no social media presence at all what advice would you would you give to me of course so this look there's a few core principles with instagram you want a following so many people focus too much on, oh, I've only got this many followers. I want to get to that, you know, 10,000 followers. The volume of followers is not important when it comes to Instagram for a dental practice. The volume of quality followers, quality meaning people who are in your locality at first, yeah, who are going to transact with you. There's lots of people who've got followers from all over the world. They're never really going to transact. So we want really good quality followers. So you can remove that issue of, you know, I don't have enough. 600 followers in your local area is worth more than 10,000 random followers. So first, we've got to look at designing the profile. The profile that you make on Instagram. So on Instagram, if you've not used it or downloaded it, there's, there's nine squares. Depending on the size of your screen, you will always see nine squares. So I, I released the model Power of Nine. It's in my book as well. But if you Google Power of Nine, Shaz Memon, you'll see this model that I've designed where seven out of nine of those squares need to be telling your story. Now, all dental practices offer something similar, but they're all very different. Some might have a very strong autofocus. Some might be extremely advanced in the dentistry with, you know, uh, implant procedures. Uh, it, it all varies. Your seven squares, without me having to do any work, need to tell me what this practice or this brand is about. Okay, without me having to zoom in, click anything, just snapshot there and then. So always be conscious of those nine squares, right? The nine posts that you make. So let's just give you an example. Teeth before and after could be one of those. They don't need to be all seven of them. A picture of the main principal or the team, that should be one of them. You know, you guys getting trained, a happy patient, you know, that builds a picture. So be conscious of that first look and your bio is incredibly important. So there's lots of, for example, cherry tree dental practices all around the country. When I land at, a, at an Instagram account, I, you need to remove the thinking for me. Where is this practice? So I would say, put your location in your name. So if it was Cherry, cherry Trees Dental and you're based in Wimbledon, it should say cherry, tree, cherry Trees Dental Wimbledon. So when people look at it, immediately they get to see who you are. And then the third step is getting more followers. People ask me all the time, how can I get more followers? It's very simple. If you look at, and this strategy we've used for a very big chain of non-dental businesses and it's worked and it's a chain I can, I can promise you everyone listening would know about, right? So um, if I give you an example, anyone who would come to your dental practice in the local area may also be transacting with the local spa, the local cinema, local restaurants, local cab firms, right? All you need to do is make a short list of all the local businesses that have an Instagram account, click on their followers, Everyone that's following the local spa, for example, they may be interested in what you offer at some point in time. Click on each single account. If it's not private, you'll be able to see their pictures and like three of their random pictures. Now, there's research that's been done that the minute you like someone's pictures, they get that heart icon. There's a dopamine release. The, the receptors in our mind just excite us to look at who the hell liked that picture. And even if it's for a millisecond, they land on your, on your account your Instagram accounts told you that told them the location, what you do, 
and those seven squares have made it attractive enough for them to think, okay, I'm going to follow back. I might, I don't need a dentist now. Now, fast forward six months on, you've got all these people from the local area. Mm. When you're putting stories out, they're starting to see it. So you've got a captive audience now and that's where your brand starts to grow. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so you just, I'm just, when you were just saying all of that, I was just thinking, of course, this, of this, yeah, this is brilliant. This is exactly the thing that people should be doing to, to get these, like you said, these, these local people, because they're the people who are, who are going to be coming to the practice, not absolutely all these people across, you know, if, if, if you have a, a significant following in a, in a small area of, in a country, thousands of miles away, are they going to, are they going to be your clients? Probably not, but it's the people around the practice that, that you need to focus on. So yeah, absolutely. There's, I can see there's massive value in that. And these people will not necessarily even ever sometimes come in, but if you put up a post, they'll forward it to a family or friend who will likely be in a, a traveling distance. So uh, this is work this is work and it's easy <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say it's, it doesn't yeah it's it's completely feasible it doesn't take um it's not gonna take a lot of effort to to do that obviously we're talking about instagram now and i know obviously like you said you wrote a book instagram for dentists would what is i'm 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 quite interested as well but i'm sure people listening would be interested is that would you say that is the most valuable social media platform at the moment what, what's your opinion of things like facebook twitter um these sort of i guess more old school platforms if you will um do you think there's still value in that or do you think instagram is the one that that people should really be honing in on if i was to choose i would say instagram if i if i was to choose i think they all have they're all good for different things but just establishing an identity, Instagram has definitely seen far more growth than any of those platforms. Obviously, we see TikTok now, but it's a slightly different platform. It's a little bit more fun. And, you know, it's, it's, there are ways to tie in dentistry with dances and funny stuff. But, but really, Instagram is still quite a core business tool. So um, I definitely would say Instagram is my choice right now for, for when we're, we're uh, <laughs> launching this podcast as of now. So just check yeah. the timestamp. Um, <laughs> but Facebook is, is brilliant because Facebook allows you to reach a slightly different audience where they're, they're happy to read something for a slightly longer period of time, a longer form post. Targeting is very good on that as well. So many people have the impression that Instagram is for uh, very young people or everyone on Instagram skint and you know it's something that I try and write about in my book that pe that people it's not that people haven't got the money millennials are very happy to spend money on something that makes them feel very good so you'll be surprised you can get any type of patient you want using Instagram obviously there's a lot a lot more people who are interested in cosmetics on Instagram but Instagram has definitely been the one platform that our clients have told us, this is where I'm getting a lot of inquiries from. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's a lot of the time it's about breaking down. Um, yeah. That stigma that's sort of associated with Instagram that it's like you said, just for young people. Um, and I think lot, uh, this year, I'm going to say again, I think people have slowly started to with, with lockdown in force, it, it allows practices to take a step back and sort of reflect on how they are running things and how they are doing things. And I think more and more people have slowly realised that there is a lot of value in in social media and also in um in a good website. So um, yeah. I think it's only the only way is up from from here on in. I think I think maybe this year's just sort of sped up the process a little bit and um yeah showed the profession how important it is to have a, an online presence and a good one. 
Absolutely. Uh, I, can I just add one thing? Some people are going to be listening and thinking, all right, look, I know this already. You're not telling me something new here. I know there'll be people, but I just don't have the time. And this is something I, I want to really make clear. Yeah. You just need to allocate minimum 10 minutes a week and you could give it to a savvy team member who's inside the practice. So 10 minutes a week on Instagram is enough for you to have a social media strategy without you you're having to spend hours really as little as that. So I mean, t 10 minutes is, that's, I think a lot of people would breathe a sigh of relief to hear that they can make a difference with just 10 minutes. That's what, I mean, what would Absolutely. That be? a couple of minutes a day. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's uh, reassuring, I would say. But I mean, yeah. Taking a step back from social media and looking at sort of the general picture now, what do you think it is about the way you and your team at Digimax do things that means that sort of allowed you to to sort of become this this brand? Uh, thank you for asking that, Gabby. I really feel that the what always stuck with me when I was designing in the past was this this project needs to end. This is the time allocated to it, and it felt wrong because if you think about the people that are coming to us. You know, it's either their first practice or their family people. Everyone who's in private practice even is trying to build a really good quality of life for themselves, their families. And really, the dental practice and the website is all part of this journey that they're on. So there's massive responsibility placed on us when someone says, can you build me a website? They're not saying, can you build me a website? They're saying, can you help us with our business? We're trusting you with the most important thing we've ever trusted anyone with. That's how we interpret it. And when someone's placing that level of trust on you, then it's your job to do every single thing you can to make sure that's a success. So a lot of the things that we do on our dental websites, there's no cap on it. We don't say there's a limit on number of pages. Even the way we onboard a client, it normally takes about 80 emails back and forth for a busy dental professional to build a website. That it's that's a serious chunk of time so we've built a system which is um, very unique to digimax which allows them to log in and keep saving things that are very important for us to build a website so we're asking our clients to with minimal investment give us answers to everything that we need then what we've done we've built a digimax success formula we've got a lot of stats from all the websites we've built on what gets a, what gets clicked by a patient how long patients stay on so we pride ourselves in having a very low bounce rate. And most websites, even brand new dental websites that we've taken over, they have a very high bounce rate, sometimes 70 to 90%. So if you imagine if you had a store on Oxford Street, 1,000 people walked in, and then within three seconds, they all swarmed out, and there was like 10 people remaining. Right? You've got to picture it. You would, everyone would look around and say, what the hell just happened here? But no one's doing that with websites because no one has the data. And web designers not going to bless them. They're not going to bring this to your attention because that will mean that they're forever stuck on this project. We're saying we care about this data. So we listen to our clients. We hear what they want, but we give them what they need. And our websites have a bounce rate of 30 to 60%. So it's very, very low. And that means they spend longer on the site. If they spend longer on the site, chance of them contacting is higher. So almost all our clients see a great return on, you know, their all the other hard work that they do for example their referrals they'll see more patients and so they don't even have to spend a penny more on marketing their website is already getting visitors we're just trying to make sure more of them stay on that that really is our formula i mean when you when you just mentioned the the oxford street analogy people coming in coming out 
that is a very good way of looking at it and i'd never thought of it like that but essentially that is the equivalent to a to a shop front you know your website is where people are going to go to get the information look at the services the treatments the products available um so yeah I, that that was a good way of looking at it and like you said that's so key is to get that bounce rate lower um so that people stay on and uh yeah and, and invest in invest in the practice but i mean taking take a step away from from dentistry um what what do you what do you like to do to outside of your day job i mean i can imagine like you said this year you've been very busy um but what what do you like to do in your spare time is there anything that um anyone doesn't know about you um look I, i'm i'm quite boring <laughs> i'll be honest there's not much left <laughs> there's not much left but i absolutely love spending time with my daughter you know she she plays all my silly games she loves it we, we i love spending time with her I, I, I love I love working out. So these are two things that take me away. And um, I guess I don't know if you could call it a hobby or pastime or something. I spend a lot of my time uh, working with my team in India who who run my charity Wells on Wheels to just try and get under the bonnet of what else can we do to help these underprivileged children. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. So that very family family orientated, um, uh, very family orientated man then. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. <laughs> I bet she's loved you being around more these uh, these last eight months. That must have been nice. That 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 has been nice. Honestly, that has been really nice. I always felt a little bit guilty, as I guess most parents who who work do. Uh, so it's been it's been a real nice opportunity to connect with her at, at these early years. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think for many, this this time has been valued, and it's it's time that you we hope well say hopefully hopefully not in these circumstances but time that we wouldn't have had otherwise so it's um yeah it's good to take away the the positives i think but um thank you so much for coming on today it's been a great chat and uh yeah you, i hope people take away uh some some good tips from this thank you gabby i really appreciate it and and i love the way you conduct your podcast so uh, <laughs> i've heard some of them so, so so keep it keep it up really great thank work you. that's great to hear cheers <laughs>